Creative Shoe Fly Podcast, Episode 3, Getting Back on the Wagon. Hello and welcome to the Creative Shoe Fly Podcast. I'm Thomas Butel. This podcast is about my creative process. And one thing I found is that I really get in my way a lot when it comes to making art and being creative. I want to do this podcast because I know it'll force me to think more deeply about creativity. I'm hoping that doing this will push me and challenge me to create better art. When I started this podcast, I was casting about for a title that would represent the idea of getting out of my own way. I mean, originally I just was going to call this podcast Thomas gets out of his own way, <laughs> which was, you know, I thought that was okay, but it didn't have the word creative in it because this is really about my creative endeavor. One day I was talking with a friend and for some reason the the, the concept of a shoe fly popped in my head and I thought, yes, that's it, creative shoe fly. That's exactly what I want to call the podcast. I'm using the term shoe fly the way railroaders use it. A shoe fly track was a track that was built around a problem, like uh, maybe there was a, a, a washout on the main line, or maybe a tunnel collapsed, or maybe there was a wreck or something like that, and they had to build a temporary track around that problem. And that temporary track is called a shoe fly track. And the shoe fly track is used just as long as it takes to fix whatever the problem is. For me, the, a creative shoe fly is a way to get around myself sometimes. Sometimes there's something standing in my way, and it's usually myself, something that I'm making up in my mind or, or whatever, or distraction, whatever it may be. And... So the idea about the shoe fly is to find ways to get around that and get back to creativity. One of my all-time favorite writers on the subject of creativity is author, creativity instigator, and a friend of mine, Melissa Dinwiddie. And people often ask Melissa, how do you stay so creative? How do you do it? How do you do this day in and day out? And as she writes, she says her answer is not very glamorous at all. It's a very simple principle of just getting back on the wagon. And she says, you're going to fall off the wagon often. And the idea is, is not to make a big fuss of it, not to thrash or anything like that. Just go, go back on and don't make a big deal of it. Just go back and get back to whatever you're creating. I really like this concept, and that's what I'm going to be talking about today. It's about getting back on the wagon and finding out a few things along the way uh, about myself. So the first thing I have to say is I feel like I've been off the wagon for a good six to eight weeks. I just, I've been feeling very low energy. I feel like my energy's drained. And, and I couldn't quite figure out why I was not feeling good about creating. You know, where did the motivation go? And 
I know that many people have been dealing with this. There's a lot that's been going on in the world, and it all made what I was doing and what I was thinking seem so small and insignificant. And of course, all of this was happening during the damn pandemic, when we're stuck at home, when we can't go visit our friends, we can't just go where we want to go. It's been very frustrating. I know, I know it's all a part of it. However, as I mentioned in a previous episode, I'm kind of a planner. And I've built these structures uh, around creating that were very helpful to me this past year. And I was wondering, why aren't they working? What's, what's going on here? There's a number of tools that I use in my creativity. Prime among them are mind maps and doing a weekly sprint with scrum check-ins. It's a technique that's called Scrum for One, and I'll put a link in the show notes if you're interested about that. I'd been doing my weekly sprints. In the weekly sprint, I basically decide, here's something that I want to work on this week. And I was going through the motions, and I would put down, oh, you know, I want to work on whatever it was, maybe tinker with some music or design an automata or something like that. And I was going through the motions, and yet I was not doing any of it. So, you know, imagine this checklist with nothing checked. And I was thinking, what's that about? What in the world? I mean, this really hadn't occurred before. I'm usually pretty good about deciding on what I want to do and getting a good portion of it done. So I needed to I needed to really dive into this and, and try to understand what is it that is getting in the way here? How am I getting in my own way? And and what I found was actually a number of small things. And this is when it's tough, right? It's, it's like when it's not one big glaring thing, you can just look at it and say, okay, I'll, I can work on that. So the first thing was just basically about the Scrum for One. And one thing that I had to remind myself about Scrum for One, it isn't the sprint plan that's the most important thing about it. What's most important about Scrum for One is that you actually do the daily check-ins. That's the beauty of the Scrum process, is that you do these check-ins and you can ask yourself, what's going on? What do you need? Uh, what's blocking you? Again, it's it sounds kind of weird to do it just by yourself, but it really does help me. I find it very useful. So what I was not doing was sitting down every day, writing about how I feel, and asking myself, is there anything in the way? But that's the important part of Scrum for One. It's really important, and it only takes five minutes each day at most to sit down and, and, and think about it and write about it. But by asking that question every day, it, it keeps you focused on the project at hand, and it also keeps you focused on what may be getting in the way, and it's very useful. And I wasn't doing that. So that's one thing that I discovered. The other thing that I discovered was this. I had fallen into what I call the Instagram algorithm trap. 
some of you may know what I'm talking about, but the idea is, is that you post something and then like 10 minutes later you look and to see if anybody liked it. And then you check again 10 minutes after that. And the algorithm is designed for that. It's designed to make you post things that will get more likes. So it becomes performative. It, you're, you're no longer posting the things that you want to do or you want to work on. You start thinking about, oh, you know, if I made this, then people will hit the like button. So I was starting to make things and think of ideas and think of things that, that weren't necessarily sparking joy in me because I was thinking about how they might spark joy in others. Wow, what a dangerous path to go down. In this process of reflecting, I reread a book called The Creative Wound by Mark Pierce. And it was actually quite illuminating. The first time I read it, I did it to sort of get some ideas for being more creative. But now I was reading it from the point of view of being stuck and being drained. And I think it actually spoke to me more effectively. The main things that I got out of it was, one, to spend more time daydreaming, and to commit to a project full stop. I want to talk a little bit about daydreaming and why it was so nice to get it reinforced when I was rereading the Creative Wound book. I have something that I call a, a daily dream practice. The purpose of the daily dream practice is to set aside a, a small amount of time and empty my mind and come up with new ideas and new inspirations for being creative and for making art. And here's the thing. I was only giving myself five minutes to do it. What I would do is I would do a 10-minute breathing meditation, and then right after I would say, okay, now I have five minutes to come up with an idea or two. And most often I would come up with one or two ideas, and then I would write them down in my bullet journal. But Mark Pierce, in his book, made a, a pretty good argument for why we are not giving ourselves enough time for this free and open creative time, away from distractions. And in his idea, it's absolutely necessary to make space to daydream. And of course, I immediately recognize this as my dream practice. I wasn't calling it a daydream practice. I was just calling it the dream practice. But it's really the same thing. It's letting my mind just go wherever it wants to go. So what I'm doing different now is that I'm giving myself 25 minutes for daydreaming. I certainly could give myself longer, um, but I'm finding that 25 minutes is a good, expansive amount of time. And in that time, I usually come up with anywhere from five to sometimes 10 ideas that I then I write down in my bullet journal. The only thing now is, is I have to I have to commit to to actually doing it every day. I've I've been sort of I've been falling off the wagon again <laughs> in terms of doing the daydream practice because sometimes, you know, I wake up in the morning and say, "You know, I don't have 25 minutes to do this. I got to do this the other thing." Well, just like everything is, you know, you have to make choices about where to put your time, but I really do think it's important to to set aside that time to daydream, to come up with new ideas. 
and I have to I do listen to a little bit of music in the background sometimes you know usually it's it's instrumental but it needs to be distraction free and it needs to be a, a gift that I give to myself in lieu of say surfing the web or whatever so I've recommitted to myself to have a longer daydream practice Mark Pierce makes an effective argument for fully committing to your project, seeing it from beginning to end. Oh boy, there's one that I find difficult. I'm the type of person that likes to start lots of projects, but not necessarily finish them. I know this is something that I need to work on. And I'm still exploring why that is. Why is it that I get excited about so many new ideas and start many of them, but not necessarily finish them? I'm still working on that. I think there's a part of me that is fundamentally curious and likes to find new things. And there's also a part of me that likes to be distracted or allows myself to be distracted? I don't know. But I've now restructured my weekly sprint plan to commit to a specific new project. One of the things that was happening with my sprint plans was that I had five or six things going on and you know what was nice about that is that I could at any one time I could look and say oh yeah I'm gonna work on this one here and and then I'm going to work on that and whatnot. So now what I'm doing is my sprint plan is about one specific project instead of being a, a major project and five minor projects. I'm looking forward to seeing how this works out. I have a pretty good feeling about it, though. I think it will really help me stay focused, and it will help me to finish a project. The last thing that I wanted to mention that I found out through all of this reflection was to remind myself that even though I feel like I'm stuck and I'm just on a plateau, that actually that's not true. I'm actually growing quite a bit right now. I had to remind myself to avoid comparing my current self to where I was last year and early this year. So last year I had the good fortune to put on an art show and to be artist in residence at a local art gallery. And what I tell people is it's like, you know, it's like winning your own personal Super Bowl. It's just, it's an amazing experience. You get so much validation. You meet so many cool people and cool artists and it's really out of this world. And then, once it's over, you think of yourself as like hitting this peak, and then there's nowhere else to go but down. Of course, it's not really true, right? You haven't hit a peak. What you've really done is you just hit the next plateau, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But it was important for me to realize to stop comparing my current self with that previous self. It's not entirely fair to do that.
what I was doing is, is I was comparing how productive and how much art I was making last year in the run-up to the art show compared to what I was doing now, which was feeling very aimless and just not finding something that I could sink my teeth into. As I thought about this, I came to realize that I am still growing. I'm still creating. After all, I started not only my own podcast, but I was asked to collaborate with another podcast called the HSP World Podcast. And I've been busy collaborating on Coffee and Creatives. So even though I felt like I reached a pinnacle with my, my art show, the truth is, is that I had simply reached a plateau and then almost immediately started climbing again. I wasn't giving myself any credit for the work and the growth that I was doing. I use this metaphor of climbing a mountain a lot when I speak about the work that I do in computer programming and also in my creative life. It really does feel like I'm climbing mountains when I am learning something new, when I'm doing something that I haven't done before. And that reminds me a lot of a book that I read many, many years ago by George Leonard called Mastery. In it, he talks about martial arts and Aikido. And he basically points out how important practice is and how you will feel like you're not making much progress for a long, long time as you do practice. He likens it to climbing up the mountain and then being on a plateau for a long time before you are climbing again. Your progress is a sort of a series of spurts where you climb a little bit and you're on a plateau for a long time and then you climb a little bit again and then you're on another plateau. And this series of plateaus is, in his mind, where you want to be, right? You want to be on that plateau doing the practice because that's what's going to eventually get you to the next level, the next plateau. So, as you can see, I think I covered a lot of ground during this time that I was off the wagon. I, I now feel much better having done this reflection, and again, this is one of the reasons that I love doing this podcast, is I get to think out loud and I get to figure out where those shoe flies are that let me get back on the wagon. So, making sure that I do my daily check-ins for my Scrum for One process, avoiding the Instagram algorithm trap, extending my dream practice so that I give myself enough time to find new ideas, committing to projects, and redesigning my Scrum for One so that I'm working on one project and not a bunch of them so that I can actually commit to it and finish it, and not comparing what's happening now to what happened in the past. So that's it for this episode. If there's something that you liked or, or didn't like or want more of, let me know. Send me an email at thomas at creativeshoefly.com and let me know what you think. I'm really curious to get your feedback, and I do appreciate it. Thank you so much, and, and thanks for listening. Stay well and stay creative.
Thank you.